Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. <coughs> Where we choke each other out. Why buy a comic that might cost more than a dime? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. <coughs> Good there, Forskin? It's choking on it. My tonsils are the size of my balls. Leave me alone. <laughs> so you don't have any? No, they're enormous. Nice. And they're made of cheese. I am Jacob, joined by my hosts, my co-hosts, my other hosts, Spencer and Colin. Hi. And we are three cool but broke dudes sitting around a microphone talking about comic news and movies and books and TV shows and whatever else Tickles are fancy. Tickles my pee-pee. Tickles the tonsils that are as big as his balls. <sighs> it is a news week, so let us get straight into the comic book news. From Deadline.com, legendary comic book artist Neil Adams, whose career spanned nearly 60 years and included revitalizing Batman and the Joker for DC, as well as decades of work for artists' rights and a commitment to social relevance in his work, died early in the morning at Thursday the 28th, according to his daughter-in-law, Sauri Adams. He was 80. In 1969, Adams and writer Denny O'Neill pulled Batman back from the campy persona he had been saddled with on TV through a series of dark comics appropriate to the times. During the period, the duo also regrounded the Joker in his homicidal roots, revived Two-Face, and created Rachel Ghoul. Adams and O'Neill also revamped Green Lantern and Green Arrow for DC, adding modern-day relevance to their stories with commentary on racism, overpopulation, pollution, and drug addiction. In fact, the duo created one of the first black superheroes for DC, the Jon Stewart incarnation of Green Lantern. In a remembrance on Facebook, his son Josh Adams wrote, My father was a force. His career was defined by unparalleled artistic talent and an unwavering character that drove him to constantly fight for his peers and those in need. He would become known in the comics industry as one of the most influential creators of all time and champion social and creators' rights. When he saw a problem, he wouldn't hesitate. What would become tales told and retold of the fights he fought were born out of my father simply seeing something wrong as he walked through the halls of Marvel or DC and deciding to do something about it right then and there. That force was responsible for Superman creators Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster finally receiving decades overdue credit and financial compensation from DC. He fought to unionize the industry in the 70s and helped form the Comics Creators Guild, work which led to a now standard practice of returning original artwork to the artist. Um, this was really large, um, which it always feels a little weird comparing when artists of any sort die, but like Neil Adams is huge. I recognize a lot of this Green Lantern artwork. He was one of the architects of kind of bringing a lot of DC back from the abyss and like some of the most iconic work art-wise you've seen from a DC book he did. It's insane. And along with the passing of Denny O'Neill, Denny O'Neill recently is just a lot. From Marvel.com, the first teaser of Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder has arrived offering long-awaited clues to what's in store for the God of Thunder. The film finds Thor, Chris Hemsworth, on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced. A quest for inner peace, but his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore, the God Butcher, Christian Bale, who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, Korg, Taka, uh, Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, who, to Thor's surprise, inexplicably wields his magical hammer, Mjolnir, 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 <laughs> as the mighty Thor. Together, they embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. They also dropped the first two posters, which were <clears throat> companion pieces, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna say it. Holy cow, there's actual color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the song choice, but that's just because I don't like pop culture music being used on everything. But yeah. I'm actually looking forward to this a lot more than I thought I would because I've complained about Thor Ragnarok 
a lot, and I wasn't super on board with the direction they might be taking this, but I'm getting more interested. I've never been, like, super excited about... I never really cared for Thor until, like, I saw this trailer. I'm like, oh, I actually might want to see this in theater, and it actually makes me want to read Thor a little bit because I saw, like, a shot-for-shot... Because of that shot-for-shot that they did of a comic, I saw someone do side-by-side on Twitter. Yeah, it'd be great if they could, like, pay people for that, but, you know, God forbid Marvel pays people. Yeah, no, of course not. I kind of hope this movie doesn't ruin the comic that it's based off of for people because that oh, yeah what's so it, good is the comic called love and thunder or no it's a thor so the big the large inspiration is from the 2014 to 2019 era of thor and its various other titles um but it has a lot of other stuff thrown in there, of course. But the primary plot seems to be following along a, a kind of a mishmash of that era, which is good and by all means interesting. It's just the, that period of comics was pretty serious. And there's a little bit of nervousness about it being taken at least somewhat more comedically. But it doesn't look like this whole thing is going to be a joke. Mm -hmm. So that gives me some confidence. Also, yay, epic workout montage. If you're going to make him not fat again, you'd better at least have one good training montage. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, I will be annoyed. And you can't have that. I will single-handedly tank the movie just like I did with No Way Home. <laughs> From Marvel.com, there's been a tiny change in the multiverse and, well, the con Quantum Realm 2. As announced today by Walt Disney Studios, Marvel Studios' The Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania are both receiving new release dates for 2023. While the Marvels was slated to open on February 17th, 2023, and the third outing with Ant-Man on July 28th, 2023, they are now simply switching places. Big whoop. Okay. Yep. Don't Super care. exciting. Something I am excited about. <laughs> From DCComics.com, HBO Max announced today that they've greenlit an all-new Harley Quinn spin-off series centered around Kite Man. Yeah. Say the line. Say the line, Bart! Hell yeah! Yeah! And his post-Ivy life. With a working title of Noonans, the 10-episode series will see the return of Kite Man voice actor Matt Oberg to the role and will expand Harley Quinn's animated DC universe in unique new ways. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> the working title of the bar that they go to. Um, yeah, this will be cool. I'm very excited. I love Kite Man. Yeah. Mm, yes. Do you want me to get the long one? I got it. Okay. I'm an adult. Okay. Exclusive from... <laughs> you can't just look at me like that. <laughs> I can't look at you. <laughs> no, bitch. I'm an adult. Don't look at me. Exclusive from Deadline.com. John Watts was withdrawn as the director of Fantastic Four, the reinvention of the... Vernable? Venerable. Whoa. The Venerable. I've never heard of that word. Of the Venerable Marvel Comics series at Marvel Studios and Disney. Nothing sinister here. Watch just needs a break from the superhero realm after completing the Spidey trilogy with Tom Holland and Zendaya. He had expected to make Fantastic Four his next film. The third feature iteration of that franchise and first since Disney acquired Fox, which controlled the franchise. Watts has spent the better part of the last decade directing and promoting the Spider-Man films after being hired off Cop Car, a small-budget indie thriller that premiered at 2015's Sundance. He needs a breather. So do I. Both Watts and Marvel confirmed his exit and said that it is... Amicable. 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 You Amicable. can just leave the rest of it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it doesn't... No, it's fine. Doesn't. I just didn't trim it up enough. I'm not going to say I'm celebrating, because I think that's kind of rude, but I think this opens us up for a more uh, Better visually... You, yeah. Um, also, it makes sense he needs a break. He was a indie, indie filmmaker, and then he just made three big blockbusters. He's spent ages doing it. Yeah, leave him alone. And also, this next one I didn't update like I was supposed to, so you can just not talk about it, because it was gonna, there was going to be more, and then I got tired last night. Well, all right. Because multiple CW go shows got canned, not just the one. Thank God. Excellent. <laughs> Same. Um, so we had another episode of Moon Knight this week. <laughs> um, it was so uplifting. 
Yes. This was a very fun and positive episode. I never thought the MCU was going to make me cry over a British person. (laughs) You almost had it, and then you pulled out racism. (laughs) It's okay if it's against British people. Right. Or Scottish people. Or Canadians or gingers. True. Um, I like the fact that it's... officially canonized that there are like various afterlifes from all the different like different religions in the mcu that's Mm kind of cool it's i think the only reference we have to anything else from the mcu period is referencing the um shut up (laughs) astral plane no not the astral plane the um what's the name the ancestral plane oh yeah that's That's technically the only reference we have which is great but it's it's cool that they're like Dirty, dirty, dirty. So they're like a bajillion gods. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Did he say the ancestral plane? Yes. No. <laughs> that's down south. We don't talk about that. Menstrual plane. Unexpected direction. I didn't think they were going to go with the dead brother bit. I, I knew they were going to do the that. dead mom. I think that one was kind of obvious. Yeah, I called yeah. that one first episode. And I was like, darn it, I was right. And then they like almost got me to cry. And I was like... Why, Why did so? I have to be I, right? <laughs> I actually like that instead of it being his dad that died, like he was sent to in the comics, he's sent to a psych ward and then he comes back for his dad's funeral just to visit and whatever. But in this, it's just like he comes back from military or whatever to just not even go to his mom's funeral. And that's just, I, I thought that was so well done. Colin. Yes. When he first goes into his bedroom, did you see the astronaut on his bookshelf? Yes, I did. Yes. Mephisto confirmed. <sighs> Jacob. <laughs> I hate you. Um, I was honestly surprised that we didn't open up the other co- tomb, coffigus, sarcophagus. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the finale is like pretty short runtime wise. So Dang. I'm going to be probably impressed by how much they wrap this thing up because if, there's no official continuation that they've mentioned. Yeah, that's what I was, I, I was going to talk about that. I'm a little worried because we don't have Jake Lockley and that's yeah. fine for like a first season, but like that's so far as all we know, it, all that's written is that we only have this and that's it. Yeah, like the, the showrunners have said that they didn't plan anything beyond this and apparently Marvel doesn't know what they're doing it afterwards, which is a lie, but it's Probably half true. They don't know, A, if it was going to be successful, and B, yeah. where they can integrate it. Yeah. I mean, if they, I'm assuming they're going to figure out what the third personality is they've been hinting at in the next episode. It's just like, wow, they have a lot to do. Because this episode ends with Steven getting oofed. I, so, damn. Um, it kind of felt wrapped up though for the most part like yeah there's still questions but it's not it could have ended there as an official season one you know yeah, what i mean i guess in the sense of like there will there will be more but it's like a close enough to an ending yeah but that would frankly be just lazy that would be lazy because he, no, like he doesn't even it just, figure it just out felt the whole, like a like, typical season finale. I liked how the ending is like a false positive because he gets to go to the Field of Reeds, mm-hmm. but because literally Stephen died, or not literally, like his his soul is balanced because the yeah, other part of it died, yeah. but it's not gonna, that's not gonna last because he's gonna get out of it and he's gonna go save Stephen and he's gonna, because yeah. he needs to, like, as, as, um, shit, what's her name? Hippo mummy. Um, shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. As it was stated, they need to like manually balance their soul by like actually talking to each other and stuff, which I'm confident they'll do at some point. Or it'll be balanced for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, which means they need to acknowledge the other part of their brain, which is probably Jake or whatever. But like okay. the ending being like, oh, look, he gets to go to heaven now. It's like, okay, but he's not going to be happy because like that's Mark's like arc is learning to like steven and understand mm-hmm. that he needs him even though you know he knows he needs him he made him like what you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like a, it's an ending that's like ooh, look happy but it's like it's not actually so that's cool i guess i uh i really like the scene where steven was going through the memories and trying to understand everything and how we were shown all that i was impressed with the lack of excessive editing at least it didn't feel excessive with how many times they were flipping back and forth between the two of them i i really enjoyed that and it actually 
this this episode did actually hit me pretty hard, especially with the mom being like the abuser, and him being unable to go to her, trying to reconcile with the death of an a a, a parent that was abused uh, that uh, that abused you growing up is a it's a very large feat because. You still love your parent to an extent because it's your parents, your only parent. You you have this sense of like you want to love this person, like you so you feel like you're supposed to love this person, but knowing how they treated you and how they didn't probably didn't love you back. Yeah. It, it's just this just I I can't even like put it to words. It's just a, it's crazy. It, it's it's something that's that feels like would be impossible. And it's an for him, actual, it, it's like an actual interpersonal, like, real-life, actual adult thing. Yes, this is an actual problem that a real-life person would, has, yeah. would have, does have, and I love it. I mean, I don't love, obviously, the problem, but I love that our story is we're getting real people in our new sh- Marvel shows and stuff like this. We're actually getting real people having real problems. To bounce off that, this show, or this episode really didn't have... Like language or violence or sex or anything, but it, it was still, very, still intense. It still felt like it deserved its TV fourteen rating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it was so dark. I guess it, um, like Colin was saying, it's just actually showing problems. <laughs> the thing I think on on in terms of that, the thing that I thought was kind of impressive was the so in the comics, in a couple of interpretations, it's hinted at or kind of stated that Kanchu may or may not have been with Mark a lot earlier in yep. life, whether as an actual entity or a part of Mark's brain or whatever. Um, and I like it when they do that in the comics. The couple of times they did it, I really liked it in the Lumiere run because yeah. the way it was presented was, frankly, just careful. It wasn't trying to, like, over-mythologize having a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it was just a specific instance from that run was when um, Mark's dad was talking with a um, mental health professional about getting his son, like, help and whatever. If for some reason it felt like it would work there, and I liked it, but I think if they had done that in this episode, it would have been really yikesy. Like, yeah, I'm glad the, they didn't the only do that hint quote-unquote that i could see that they did that was with the bird corpse that he that uh, steven walked over but i think that's the lightest amount of foreshadowing you could possibly do and i i appreciated that and i like how they didn't try to like lay it on thick there's just some things with comic book characters that you can't do for the live action Mm-mm. interpretation because it won't be taken correctly or it won't even it won't be looked at uh, by the viewers correctly because it's not just people watching these shows or movies that have watched that have read these characters for such a long time. It's new people and they're not going to understand certain things or they're going to take a message the wrong way. Yeah, it's just when you have people mo- like no one really knew hops on. I don't think to most of those sorts of run like a character like Moon Knight who gets canceled after about 12 issues every single time like it's mostly not new you like new readers until the run's done and then people like freak out about it they're like oh my gosh you got to try this book like it you kind of expect it to do things like that i guess versus with a show especially something in a larger universe where it has a really really large normie fan base um which isn't inherently a negative thing as much as I think that it, as much as I feel like it's not sometimes, um, like that's a really precarious situation to be in, and I think I'm I'm genuinely impressed with how tactfully they handled it. It's not Daredevil here, well, yeah, but it's good. It's it it was genuinely thoughtful, and I I think that that's more than I thought we were gonna get. Well, sand zombies. My final thought. Speaking of a character. That is about to die and only has to say yes to the possibly demonic being. I read The Punisher, Max, Volume 1, written by Garth Enos and arted by all kinds of people. So Garth you, Enos? 
So what you're saying is you were bored and you read something that you know that you've read before. I needed something short because <laughs> Green Lantern Omnibus Volume 2 is not ending anytime soon. That's a chonky boy. Um, yeah, I reread this for the third time in many years. And um, I think this is probably my favorite or the the most I've appreciated this book. Because the first time I read it, it was right when I had started reading comics. And I was like, oh my gosh. I did not know what a Max comic was. Um, Much violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this book has three storylines in it. Uh, Born, which is when... His first drama. Punisher is in the Vietnam War and he's not Punisher yet. His family's still alive. He's just fighting as an American in the Vietnam War. And it establishes his character and what leads up to the Punisher. Um, and yeah, in the third or fourth issue of that storyline, there's been this black blocked something that's talking to that bitch right there. Frank Castle and is like, all you have to do is say yes. And then Frank is in the midst of a really, really bad firefight where his base is being attacked by a thousand people. And he's like, yes. And he's the only one left standing at the end. Wow. And then uh, he comes home and it fast forwards to... Uh, the other two storylines, which starts off this run by Garth, where it's he's been the Punisher for 30 years already, so he's old man Punisher, basically. And a, a large portion of this book is a mob movie. It's like Goodfellas, with a little bit of the Punisher chasing them instead of cops. <laughs> like, it, it's so good because it takes a lot of the focus off of Punisher being a one-note character and shows what he's chasing down. What's his weapon of choice in this book? Anything. It doesn't matter. Wow, original. Like, assault rifles, big freaking heavy machine guns, grenades, bombs, knives... Baseball, baseball bat. I think there is a baseball bat. Ooh. Yeah, he just does anything to kill people. What about a golf club? He gets bombed. That's cool. He gets captured by Micro. There's actually... I remembered a lot more sex in this series than there actually was. This book didn't have any. It was just all violence and language. And holy crap, they pushed the boundaries on the language. Like, there's the, the last... Six Issues, which is its own story arc. They include the C and the N-word in, like, every Ooh. issue. Ooh. Yeah. Yikesy. It's very yikesy. But still some of the best Punisher stuff I've ever read. Speaking of yikesy, I watched a movie today, an oldie, called The Crow. Ooh. I watched the 1993. For the Crow, uh, starring Brandon Lee. And this story is about a man who is resurrected by a crow that brings the dead to the underworld, but in certain cases brings them back to life to enact their vengeance on those who did them wrong. And in this story, he... Sounds like another Birdman I know. Yeah. Sounds like another bird, man. Come shoe. <laughs> Come shoe. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so in this story, he's brought back to life so that he can have revenge on these four guys that beat, raped, and killed his fiance, and also killed him. Doing the Italian thing. I am. I'm barely Italian. Um... He is a spicy meatball, though. He is a spicy meatball. I am the fattest meatball. He's you know. sitting on his meatball sub right now. <laughs> Yikesy. 
Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. So this movie, what got me into this was that I was just watching a bunch of essays and that and one of those came up. And um it was just talking about the movie and stuff like that and like the accident that happened with Brandon Lee, which it's kind of kind of sad actually because he's probably the only thing I liked about this movie. This movie was kind of like the plot is boring because these four guys are just randos and they're boring. Like they're so easy to kill for him because he can't get hurt unless the crow gets hurt. And then there's this like big mob boss guy that's involved, uh, which makes. I either wasn't paying attention or like it doesn't or it's written back poorly, but it doesn't make sense why he cares so much about hey, the crow. I'm Oz. Shut up. <laughs> I think this movie would have been better if it had more of like an actual noir detective thing going on. Like if these guys were actually like they're a part of his mob, whatever, but how they're treated is like they're nothings. Like they're just grunts. They're just four guys. Like I don't know why it was so important to this a little incest uh, mob boss dude. To be fair, mm-hmm. they had to go through some rough edits and 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 such because of the accident. Sure. They couldn't finish filming. So what I'm talking about is I'm going to talk about this movie objectively besides its editing and whatever. Because, like... Well, I'm saying you can't film more scenes with... No, I know. Lee. I, don't, I haven't seen the movie. I'm no, just saying no, you I have know. that huge hurdle to deal with. Uh, if I remember correctly... Pretty sure most of the key shots were done, if I'm correct. But I'm going to talk about this just objectively as is, like, no ex- no, exempt- no no exception. I will watch it again. It's not like it's fucking X-Men, all of them. <laughs> just, is it better than Spawn? I haven't seen Spawn yet. That's next. Oh, dear Lord. Um, Excellent. But the crow... He would be the violator. Yes, he would. Oh, stop. Clown form, not stop, demon form. Stop, stop, stop yeah. it. I know what you're talking about. Shut up. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, it's a real shame that the accident did happen because I actually really liked Brandon Lee. That makes you spawn and me Angela. I'm black! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so moving on. The crow, I'll watch it again. It's a little messy. You guys are assholes. <laughs> Say it again so the recording's clean. No, you're keeping that in. <laughs> Fucking hate you guys. I knew voting for Joe Biden was gonna work. Uh, he goes straight to being black and not me being a woman. <laughs> ah, we, ah, that I can imagine it, it's fine. Long hair, you know. Ah. Ah, the beard, yeah. Spencer, what have you done? Hold on, can we talk about the new Batman suit? Did we talk about that yet? Can you sit up, please? Did we talk about new, the new Batman suit? What new Which Batman new Batman suit? suit? Michael Keaton's new Batman suit. It looks like ass. It looks awful. I've never liked his suits in the first place, but it looks like ass. The it looks second, like the Val Kilmer one. The second suit looks so good. Just with less Just nipples. I like the second suit. The, the, this suit's awful. Like, mm-hmm. why black utility belt? The cowl looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Everything looks disgusting. I didn't have high expectations because I think Neither they, did I, I think bringing back Michael Keaton was the stupidest decision they could have made. The and pouch I will die on is that a, hill. a lot smaller too. So not even Michael Keaton in the fucking suit. He's going to do voiceover cuz they're going to have, you know, an so, actual man in the suit who can move. He's mm-hmm. a fucking like 85-year-old man. Leave him alone. People complaining that Ben Affleck is old. He's like 55 and still jacked as shit. Michael Keaton's an old, frail man. Leave him alone. He always mm-hmm. brings it back to Ben, daddy. Because he's the old one. <laughs> um, Spencer, what did you do? I read the Deathstroke New 52 Omnibus. Dang. Uh, I've been waiting on this one for a while. Uh, it is written by Tony S. Daniel, uh, as well as James Bonney, and one issue by Phil Hester. Um, mo- the, like, first half of the pencils are by Tony S. Daniels, and then the other half are just various. It's all over the place. Um, so it's 20 issues from 2014 to 2016. Um, Daniels definitely has the best art. It seems to be a trend with DC that somebody will art the first large portion, and then it goes to shit with various artists. Yeah, so here's the deal. Um, most of this was shit. So nice. I like Tony S. Daniels' art. I think he's gotten better with time as well, but 
he's an artist, not a writer. Um, I don't know how he got through as many issues as he did, but he's probably written other stuff. And like usual, I don't like trashing on artists, but like the writing is so all over the place. There are like five separate arcs in this book. It's the hardcover. That's a fucking chonker. It's the hardcover underneath Headlopper, the big one. Oh, oh, never mind. Oh, I thought that. it was the chonker. No, yeah. that's the next one. Oh. That one's actually all written by one man. Um, yeah, dude. Um, most of the re- uh, so most of the rest of the art was passable to like good. Um, it's just it's just a rotating list of art. It looks like New Fifty Two art. That's about as descriptive as I can get for the most part. A lot of the New Fifty Two looks the same. Um, some of the designs are really cool. Um, and there is an arc where Deathstroke gets God Killer swords from the armor of the gods and he gets to like fight wonder woman and superman and a titan and the arc makes no fucking sense but the swords were really cool um (laughs) none of this book really makes any sense is the biggest thing that i have which i'm really pissed off about because it's a nice sized hardcover a pair it was advertised as it was like all one dude doing it basically and every arc is loosely connected but there's there's like six or yeah like six or seven arcs. The last issue is entirely disconnected from the whole other run. Um, Deathstroke is young again. A couple of issues into this, for unexplained reasons, aside from the fact that he got healed, so he got his eye back and he became young again. So his kids don't recognize him. But then as the book goes on, he gets slowly older and he rips his own eye out for a dumb reason. So he goes back to having an eye patch. It's just. We get a new arch nemesis from his days in the war, which I believe was in um, Krakoa. Yeah, it was in Krakoa, I believe. So fictional uh, DC Vietnam, basically. Um, It's just, there's so many new characters in, 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 so many new characters introduced in this and all of the plots are stupidly convoluted. Rachel Ghoul gets involved for five minutes. Deathstroke and both of his children, Jericho and Rose, Join League of Assassins for an issue, and that's it. It's just it's so all over the place. There's um some cam there's a cameo by Harley Quinn twice because this follows up on the Suicide Squad arc from the New Fifty Two where Deathstroke betrayed them and uh, but he didn't betray them. It's just so much. On the whole, um, it's too stuffed with like no meat in it like there's no breathing room there's no real character work that's actually interesting um the team-ups were kind of fun there's no one-liners in this book even like very few and none of them are like iconic there's nothing really deathstrokey about it he kills people and like that's it it's just hot take what the only cool the only good thing about deathstroke is the name and the outfit Everything else sucks. You're cringe as fuck. But I'm not. this book does not give you a good good thing on this. I spent $100 on this book. I bought it on off of eBay because it was a limited publishing and blah, blah. Um, That's two in a row for you. Limited publishing that you paid too much for yeah. and hated everything. I would buy this on sale. I think cover price is also 100 bucks. Jesus. For that small thing? It's a small omnibus. Um... I would. There are certain arcs which are better than others, and there is some nice art in the beginning. It's just really mid. Um, so, like, deep sale. Or if you're a Deathstroke, like, completionist, like I'm turning into, then maybe. You heard it here, folks. It was too stuffed, but with no meat. Yep. I elected to take a question. <gasps> oh my gosh! You do that every time. Yeah. Um... And it's... I have an actual question. Oh, okay. Fairly common. Whose rogues gallery does Deathstroke belong in? Ooh. Explain. So Deathstroke was introduced as a Teen Titans villain. He's fan cast as a Batman villain, even though he's very rarely interacted with him. Up until recently, there is currently an event going on with Batman. Well, he was also Um, in... Arkham Origins. Yeah, like the only Batman thing he was in for decades. Um, He also just in general crosses paths with a lot of characters, but you could also classify him as a Nightwing villain because he's mostly enemies with Dick Grayson from the Teen Titans or maybe whatever their 
current leadership is, which is always a Robin. I'm um, not talking about the movie when I say he's in Suicide Squad a lot, right? Mo- past, like, decade, yes. Comics. So what, not typically in it, but he is in the book. He's, he's uh, employed by someone. He is he's not, not in the, the squad. He's not talking about the movies. He's talking about the books. Right. Yeah, I know, but your question is sounds like... Oh, he is part of the Suicide Squad in the movie. No, he's not. Deathstroke. Not that shot. Who did shot. you say? Deathstroke. Deathstroke, not that shot. Deathstroke, orange, orange man that Deadpool's a ripoff of. Deadshot is also in or- Arkham Origins. Also true. Deathstroke. That's Deadshot. Mm. I always thought that was supposed to be Will Smith in the shitty movie because he shoot good. No. Hmm. Entirely different character. Yeah, they just both have death and dead in their name. And they're basically kind of similar. They're mercenaries, really. damn. That's it. They're mercenaries, they shoot good. They make their living with guns. Sure, I think Mr. Mace is living with swords. But he semantics. Does he does both. But semantics. Whose who's rogues gallery does he belong into? Does he become an honorary member of Batman's rogues gallery because he is kind of the arch nemesis nah. to one of Batman's children? I don't think so. Where does he belong? Uh, Tell me. He was also included in that TV show. Titans. Yeah, about ten, the Teen Titans. Oh, and Arrow. Oh, yeah. Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, because when, Arrow when, was wait. basically Batman. Yes. And, okay, I'm going to talk about them just a quick second just because so, I want to talk about it. There's so many times where they make Arrow such a little, like, bitch. And I get that <laughs> he's trying to be funny because he's funny in the comics, but he's not funny. He's just a bitch in the show where he's like, I'm the ori-, he literally says, I'm the original vigilante. The Batman doesn't exist. I fucking hate CW. Um, yes. Anyway. I don't know. I don't think I've ever gotten a good taste of Deathstroke. Because he was okay in origin, but he was just an annoying boss fight. Um, I kind of just want to say Suicide Squad for the comics, but I don't... I can't name you a comic, a Suicide Squad comic that I've read him in. Um, I don't think he should be a Batman villain. Batman's got enough bat villains to play with, and it makes sense in my brain to have him against Green Arrow because you have modern science against ancient technology. That's kind of cool. That's an idea. Nightwing, I don't know anything about, so I can't comment to that. I'd say Nightwing. Yeah, definitely Nightwing. Definitely Nightwing. Jacob's allowed his opinion, but he's he's a Nightwing villain, which means he's a Teen Titans villain. Yeah. And any other teams that Dick Grayson is on. He's currently the head of the Justice League, so, so he, Slade Wilson is... is he the, he's the head of the Justice League right now? Yeah, because the Justice League are all dead. My I opinion... My opinion is also tainted by the movie where his kids are part of the Teen Titans. Deathstroke, uh, the DC animated movie number 572, yes. yeah. Deathstroke... So, um, swords and saddles. <laughs> All I've had is <laughs> shitty things and That's nothing sad. good. Yeah, I've only watched, gotten shitty Deathstroke stuff. Watch yeah. the original Teen Titans. He's not called Deathstroke because oh, of no. reasons. Yeah, that's the best one. He's slayed. It's one of the better interpretations. He has a direct rivalry with Deathstroke. He has like a I want to be your dad type vibes. He's, it's really good. It's that's great. actually the best. Deathstroke wants to be your daddy. Yeah, of course I he think does. I talked the least out of that question. It's <laughs> funny. Colin! Do you have a question for me? Because it seemed like you did. But you were cut off. We know he was cut off. Uh, Stop touching my toes to your toes. I'm going to get pregnant. Good. Give me a question. Yeah! Give me a question. Jacob, you give me a question. (sighs) Spencer already thumped a good one up. Did you know that your brain takes a bath when you sleep? Did you know that my dick gets washed while it's in your asshole? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but did you know that your brain? Yes, I didn't know that. Not like took the bath. Yeah, get, no, you, the, the little wrinkles open up and these fluids go in. It cleans it yeah, out. You get toxins and then it like goes, hormone and then it goes yeah. out. Yeah, I didn't know. Which one's better, Crypto the Super Dog or Ace? Ace. Why? Uh, yeah, man. So I loved Crypto the Super Dog, but only when Bat Hound was in it, and he had this really fucking cool like. Vehicle? I don't know what to call that because it was not a Batmobile. It wasn't like a scooter or a motorcycle, but it was like this bat-shaped 
platform that had wheels and a jet on the back and bound would somehow be on that, not fall off, like not have any straps or sit down or whatever. He'd just be standing and be boom. And what was that in? Uh, Crypto the Super uh, Super Dog. The TV show? Yeah, yeah. yeah that okay. was in the show. I love that. So I, I would always love that. But I also love Ace in um, Batman Beyond. I love how much of a dickhead he is. Uh, so I don't know if I saw Ace in Batman Beyond, but I definitely saw him in Return of the Joker. He kicks ass in that. Yeah. Yeah. He's all over Batman Beyond. Yeah. No, that's fine. But like but... in Return of the Joker, oh, I love that movie. But yep. Ace. Yeah. Ace over Superdog any day. Lame opinion. You're lame. Why? Defend your yeah, rebuttal. Defend your statement, bitch. On the one hand, Superman. Sorry. Bleh. On the one hand, Batman needs something to soften him. So if he doesn't have a Robin, having a dog would be cool. But Superman is like the definition of you want this to be your dad. Like, so Superman and Lois are just vibing, living their life. Maybe they got kids, maybe they don't got kids. He's a farm boy. Of course he wants, of course he has a dog. And it just, it just works more. Oh, works more? That's not the question. The question was, which one do I like more? Yeah, goo goo goo. Freaking dumbass. (laughs) Give your brain a, give give your brain a bath, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> My wrinkles open up and the cum comes to wash. Oh, <laughs> Colin! Why are you like this? <laughs> Spencer, wrap us up. What else did you do? I read Marvel, Max, Hellstrom, Son of Satan, Equinox. I always get so confused. I could have... Never mind. Uh-oh. It says Hellstorm, not Hellstrom. I said Hellstorm. No, you said Hellstrom. You did say Hellstorm. Giggity, giggity, fucking shove. Wait, Hellstorm and Hellstrom are different things? Yeah, the title is called Hellstorm. His name is Damon Hellstrom. Sometimes he goes by Hellstorm because it's edgy. Why the fuck? Shut up. Um, so this was a five-issue miniseries released in 2006 under the Marvel Max label. So it's out of continuity with anything else. Uh, it is written by Alexander Irvine with pencils by Russ Braun. The basic plot consists of um, Damon Hellstrom um, doing his usual, basically being Constantine but extra edgy and vibing and then getting wrapped up in a plot that involves a couple of Egyptian gods. Um, But is he cheating on his wife and smoking? He does not have a wife. Patsy is referenced, but it is implied that she has either left him or is already dead. Nice. Um... So, the covers are really cool. I like all the issue covers. Um, the plot was vaguely interesting in premise, but was really, really stuffed into these five issues. Um, I like when the various different pantheons in either Marvel or DC like interact with each other. I always find that really fun. Um, there's like nothing of substance in this book, and I think that's the most disappointing part, is there's just not a lot of character work done. It's a lot of really basic, I am not my father, but I'm kind of like my father, and I want to make my father happy, but also I hate my father, so fuck him. It's the most basic part of his character, um, and they don't really do much with it. Um, He's more of a just hero in this book, which I guess is fine. Um, The art, for the most part, is fine. There's nothing terribly special. Some panels are better than others. I didn't find any of the designs interesting. The demons are boring as fuck. Um, and my my biggest disappointment is just in general, this book is so tame. For being a, a Max title, you think it'd be at least a little special. Like, Hellstorm books are kind of notorious for being gross. Like, Jacob thought he was summoning demons just by reading one of them. And... That's a great vibe. And this book is so tame. They say the word cock a couple of times and it's uncensored. And there's a decent amount of blood and some like limbs getting ripped off. But like just based on the art style, it's not particularly gruesome. There's not a lot of substances or too much nudity. The the demon stuff isn't even like creepy. Which is really just disappointing. It just this feels like it could have just been a mainline Marvel book. Um, it's really forgettable. I will probably never pick this up again. I bought it 
um, on Amazon for about $15, which is roughly cover price. Um, if it's on sale, it is like a fine, like 30 minute read. If you're into Max books or if you're into demon stuff, or if you're into Hellstorm, buy it on sale. That's all I got. I'm disappointed. This looks sad because the covers are so good. Metal. They're so good. They look so cool. The composition's amazing. I think they look painted. Yeah. But, like, everything else sucks about this. That's what it looks like. Ten bucks. Yeah, I like ten bucks. I No, you're not buying it from me. I'm keeping it on my shelf. That's what I said ten bucks for. No, I'm saying buy it for, like, ten bucks. It's worth, like, That's ten bucks. That's what I just tried to do. Spencer, yeah, not from me. It's staying on my never, shelf. Spencer will never, like, get rid of a book. Unless it is absolutely atrocious, or it's a duplicate copy, or it's the wrong edition. Which I have done numerous times, if it's the wrong edition. That... <laughs> is the end of our show. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support us, like our patron saint, Jeff Lawrence. He is a super cool dude. Uh, not just because he supports the show. I've met him a couple of times, and he's super cool. But if you want to be like Jeff, go over to... Dude is built like a brick shit house. Yeah. This dude... Big boy. Big Big, hugs. big strong dude. He's, I can he's imagine. so big and strong and <laughs> big and... A strong... He stands in the middle of a pit, a, a, a mosh pit, and nothing affects him. Literally nothing. I talked to him at the show he went to. He's like, yeah, I was just in the mosh pit. I got like punched in the face a couple times, dude. It was great. <laughs> and he looks at his brother. He's like, I'll hold my glasses. <laughs> Gets punched in the Can face. Can tell how this man got wiped up. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you want to be like Jeff, go over to patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros. Give us money. And we will provide up. you with steroids. Sign up under one of the three tiers there with their multiple rewards. Like stickers. Like stickers. Or shots of testosterone. I cannot officially state that we provide those services, but we might. Other rewards on our Patreon uh, include sketches done by Colin. No. Yes, Colin. No. Uh, as well as getting mentioned every episode, exclusive access to various clips, segments, and sh other shenanigans from our show, uh, as well as early access to all of our episodes from this podcast, as well as our other podcast, Dime Gaming Bros. Um, there is a new episode of Dime Gaming Bros uh, on the internet. Go check it out. Watch it and stuff. And also our Patreon exclusive show, uh, Dime Happy Comic, Hour. Dime Comic Bros. Happy Hour, where we get drunk. Not really. Not really, no. Mild amounts of drinking and soup. I don't think anybody's even gotten tipsy. Oh, no, there's the one That's time Colin, Colin, Colin one got time. tipsy. One time? It was a the couple one, No, there was the one time where you are like, I can't drive home. And I was like, oh, okay. That was funny. Um, yeah, but then there was one time where I was home and I did get tipsy. I guess. I don't remember um, that one. There will be an episode this week because I have these two idiots in my bedroom and I will not let them leave until we have booze. And also you bought booze I also to supply us with. Yes. So. <laughs> um, go follow our Twitter and Instagram for all sorts of social media stuff. By and the then time this has come out... A free comic book... Wait. Free comic book day will have been over. Hold on. Hold yep. On, hold on, hold on. It's a true story. Double checking. Yeah, you're right. Dumbass. Shut up! I'm just double checking. So, if we saw you at Free Comic Book Day, which is kind of crazy, because this comes out three days afterwards, and we're recording it one week before. So it's breaking my brain as I say this. Next, epi Tenet. next episode, we will rant about Free Comic Book Day. No, but I'm saying, if you came and saw us at Free Comic Book Day, which doesn't happen for another week... Which we don't know it yet, but we might know it. Thank you for coming to see us. But we don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. Because we can't see into the future. We will shout you out next episode. What happens, happened. We need to consult Jeff's third eye. Dude, you just He saw, can probably perceive the future. You just saw Tenet. Mm -hmm. Pull some of that reverse time, forward time shenanigans and tell us who's, who we're going to see at Free Comic Book I Day. need two treadmills. And I need them last week. Um, Day. Paradox. Go. <laughs> Next week, we will be discussing the Electra movie from 2005. And it will be nothing but pain and probably a lot of boob jokes and mild to serious misogyny. Please so, tune in. Maybe we should have happy hour before our recording. Yeah! <laughs> I'm ready. See, that's the thing is because we're going to be doing that on Free Comic Book Day weekend. So we should. what we should do is attend Free Comic Book Day. Go to the socializing thing. Get a little tipsy. Come home. Drink more. Watch the movie while we're drinking. Have happy hour. <laughs> then talk about the movie. 
so we have drunk <laughs> thoughts, but we are sober to discuss them. So by the time we actually record the episode, I'm sober. just sleeping in the corner. <laughs> yes, Spencer's yelling, and Colin's like, um, actually, I'm the adult here. Colin's peeing in a fucking bucket. I'm literally peeing in my hands. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like, I need to pee. Oh. It's not working. This is a good note to end on. Goodbye. This is why all Jewish women are hot. They're entrusted with the foreskins to give back to us. Oh, that makes so much more sense, dude. That's how we that's how we reclaim our foreskin, brothers. Marry Jewish women. This is why Natalie Portman is so hot. You know how many foreskins she has in her basement? She probably has a lot. Yeah, like a For lot. For every marriage that she has. Yeah. <laughs> She yeah, is calls, she is the oracle of foreskin. He calls us childish. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. It's not like you have to marry a Jew Jewish woman. It's you have to find the oracle of the foreskin. And she is the oracle <laughs> of the foreskin. Because she's been living for eons. She's with just, all the foreskin in the world. She's the Madam Web of the real world. That's what I was thinking. The Madam oh Web of foreskin. God. From Deadline.com. Oh, jeez. Fuck me, dude. Pass. <clears throat> Hard pass. 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 Soft pass. <laughs> Colin, do you want to smell my compost? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, come here. Stop that. <laughs> We're going to shove my little chode down your nostril. This is only because it's going to fit. So well, the wrestlers are fine. Yeah, samurai. Yeah, because they're badasses. Mm -hmm. They're established badasses. Not a white samurai, though. Freaking skinny California kid with a man bun. No good. No, no, no bueno. Let those locks flow. Mm -hmm. Next week, we will be discussing, <laughs> disgusting, uh, the Electra movie from 2000. We just witnessed a car crash. <laughs>